everyone. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. This week, I am sharing how the coronavirus, or COVID-19, is affecting Iceland. A few days ago, I posted on the All Things Iceland Instagram and Facebook pages that while I do plan to give a rundown of how the virus is spreading in Iceland and what the government has been doing to control it, I do not plan to give updates every few days about the virus. I think it is important to talk about it, but I mainly created All Things Iceland to share about Icelandic culture, history, language, and nature, and not just to focus on one topic. Also, I think it is nice to be able to escape the news for a while and hear about something fascinating regarding Iceland. Like many others, I'm closely monitoring what is going on with the virus where I live because I want to do as much as I can to stay safe and to also help ensure the safety of those in high-risk groups. I still do my weekly news roundup on Instagram and my Instagram stories each Sunday. So you can check that out if you want to hear what happened in Iceland the week before. Because none of us know how long this virus will keep us from going on about our daily lives before the outbreak happened, I will build in some episodes to give updates periodically. But it really just kind of depends on what's happening. I just felt compelled to let all of you know that you'll hear about more topics related to what I normally talk about rather than about the virus. In the event that anything happens (laughs) that's pretty major uh, or drastic, I might change my mind, but as of right now, that's the plan. All right, now let's just jump into it. As I thought about how to format this particular episode, it dawned on me that it might be helpful to give you a bit of backstory regarding when Icelandic officials made it public that they were starting to prepare for the virus coming to the country. Also, I'm going to speak a little about how deeply this affects the Icelandic economy, especially the tourism industry. The full impact won't be known, of course, until this is over, but we're already seeing some initial effects. To start off, Iceland did take note when the World Health Organization's China office, or the WHO's office in China, started sharing reports of the virus spreading in the eastern Chinese city Wuhan in late December and into January. Of course, no one knew it spread so quickly around the world, but in late January, Iceland started to prepare for it possibly coming our way. According to Iceland Monitor, on January 27th, Thoraren Gvudnason, the chief epidemiologist in Iceland, recommended that Icelanders should, quote, cancel any unnecessary trips to areas in China affected by the coronavirus, known to cause pneumonia, coughs, fever, and breathing difficulties. This applies in particular to the Hubei province, end quote. He was also quoted as saying, quote, Healthcare officials in Iceland are preparing for the possible spread of the virus to Iceland. That is our approach, that this will arrive in Iceland. We try to prepare as well as possible. We prepare for the worst, hoping it won't happen, but we assume it will arrive here, end quote. One thing many people who live outside of Iceland may not be aware of is that the Chinese tourism in the country has been on the rise over the last couple of years. Some of the tourists are groups coming directly from China, and others are people who were born in China but are studying or working abroad in different places, such as Europe. I've worked in tourism in Iceland for about four years, starting from 2016 to present day. And it was clear that even though U.S. visitors were still the highest number of tourists, that it was evident that numbers were declining fast from North America. Chinese tourists were starting to increase rapidly, especially during the Chinese New Year. According to an article published in January of this year, Iceland was expecting no less than 130,000 Chinese tourists, 
which would have been more than a number of Germans expected to visit for 2020. And just so you know, Germans are the third numerous group behind the United States and the United Kingdom. 130 might not seem like a lot when you think about the fact that almost 2 million people visited in Iceland in 2019. However, the potential for more Chinese tourists was growing exponentially. I reported in my weekly news roundup on Instagram back in November that a Chinese airline, Junyao, was going to start offering direct flight service from Shanghai to Keplavik Airport in March. Of course, that is not happening now, but that should at least give you an idea about how the ties between Iceland and China were strengthening. The tourism industry in Iceland is very competitive. And all of the companies are fighting for market share. Many of them have been trying to capture the Chinese market because they could all see the writing on the wall. As a person that lives here and pays a decent amount of attention to the news, as well as talks to natives and expats, I can tell you that most of us assumed that Iceland wouldn't be hit hard by this virus. It felt a world away. Also, most people thought that since this virus originally popped up in China, that it would be either Chinese visitors or Icelanders that had been in China or an already labeled high-risk area that would bring the virus to the island. Well, to the surprise of many, that is not what happened. Before any cases of the virus were confirmed in Iceland, a few interesting things happened. First, which was reported on January 31st, is that some employees at Keplavik Airport started wearing face masks and gloves. Isavia, the company that operates the airport, said that they are providing the masks and gloves to employees, but it was up to the employees to wear them. The second is that Landspitala National University Hospital started reviewing their contingency plans, planning out routes if they have to transport infected patients to minimize risk of spreading, were putting in place protective equipment like hospital suits, goggles, etc., and began educating their medical staff. As you can tell, the people that work on the front lines, such as in travel, like at the check-in counters and flight attendants, as well as those working in hospitals, were doing their best to prepare. Most of us not in those professions were just going about our daily lives, even though the virus had spread to about 20 countries at that time. Also, it was encouraged to only test people if the person suspected that they had been infected, which basically meant the person had just come from China and felt ill. That was in early February. On February 20th, an Icelandic family, two parents and a child, that had been traveling in China for what was suspected to be quite some time since the outbreak began, requested permission from the government to come home. At that time, the European Union was organizing a flight to bring back European citizens from China, and Icelandic authorities were trying to get the family on that plane. Luckily, that was a success. The family traveled from Wuhan to France, and then on to Iceland. They were examined upon arrival, and then were instructed to be in quarantine at home for about 14 days. It is important to note that they did not feel ill when they left China, nor when they came to Iceland. Just one day after the family arrived in Iceland, it was reported that seven Icelanders vacationing in Tenerife were in quarantine along with 1,000 other people at the H10 Costa Adeje Palace Hotel. Tenerife is part of the Canary Islands, which is a Spanish archipelago and the southernmost part of Spain. They are a popular vacationing spot for many Europeans, Icelanders included. I had the pleasure of going to Tenerife, the largest of the islands, two years ago and thoroughly enjoyed it. You can probably find Icelandic people there almost any time of the year because there are many direct flights from here to Tenerife. The isolation was due to the fact that an Italian doctor that was a guest at the hotel tested positive with the coronavirus. Police were standing guard at the hotel to make sure that no one entered or left. On February 28th, the dam finally broke. Eisen confirmed its first case of coronavirus. Surprisingly, 
The Icelandic man who had the virus had been on a skiing trip with a group of other Icelanders in northern Italy, which was outside of a defined risk area. The man in his 40s arrived in Iceland on February 22nd, which means that he had been walking around with the virus in the country for some days. After falling ill, he was scanned at the hospital and immediately put in isolation after his infection was confirmed. His daughter and wife were also inspected. On top of that, Policemen were trying to trace where he had been since arriving back to Iceland. After this confirmed infection, it was like a domino effect. More confirmed cases started popping up after just a few days. In weeks, Iceland went from having no confirmed cases to having 182 and over 1,900 people in quarantine in the country, specifically in the southern area of the country, which is home to more than three-fourths of the population. And this information is according to the numbers that were reported on Monday, March 16th, 2020, at 4.30 p.m. In the show notes, I include a graph from a Morgenbladet article that shows how the number of cases has increased in this time frame. A pretty scary occurrence is that five critical care nurses at the National Hospital were infected with the virus. Two of the nurses had been on the ski trip that I mentioned to you earlier and infected their colleagues while on shift together. They are all now in quarantine. Obviously, that puts a big strain on that unit. One very important thing to know is that up until Thursday, March 12th, the majority of the people in the country with confirmed cases of the virus were Icelanders that had been on skiing trips in the Alps, so northern Italy, Austria, and Switzerland, and any people that had close contact with those infected people before it was known that they had the virus. It is still the case that over 65% of the infections were due to exposure in a foreign place, and 28% of the infections happened domestically. The other small percentage of how people became infected is unknown. The number, of course, is bound to keep going up, but nobody knows by how much. And so I'm just going to kind of jump in now to how the government has been handling this incredibly difficult situation. First off, they have been extremely transparent and diligent in informing the public about the confirmed cases. On March 6, the number of confirmed cases hit 43, and a state of emergency was put in place. Vedir Reynason, chief superintendent, stated on that day to reporters, quote, a ban on public gatherings is probably one of the most effective tools we have in our toolbox to slow down the spread of the virus, and we must apply it correctly and in as effective a way as possible. We're not there yet, but it is inescapable. We believe that we'll take that route at some point in time, end quote. In order to help businesses, the government announced on March 10th that they would take certain action to support and stimulate the economy during this turbulent time. Because tourism is being hit the hardest, they are considering canceling taxes and fees for that sector for a limited time. After it seems that we are in the clear from this outbreak, a major international advertising campaign will launch to attract travelers, and Icelanders will be encouraged to travel more domestically. Because all companies, to some degree, will feel the effect of what is happening the government is working closely with financial services companies, and the Senate government has also pledged that all people who are in quarantine will still receive their salaries. This doesn't apply to people who can't work because their company or whoever else has a service-based business and has to close down. So that's a pretty tricky situation as well. Ever since the first confirmed case on February 28th, there have been daily updates on Facebook by the Department of Civil Protection and Emergency Management. It might seem odd that this happens on Facebook, but over 90% of ICE is active on the platform, or at least has an account. They have been great about announcing press conferences about the virus, 
the amount of new cases each day, and any other pertinent information. Two really crucial things happened that made some people in Iceland who were already critical of how the government was handling the situation raise their concerns even louder. On March 12th, the news outlets exploded after Trump announced a travel ban on citizens from many European countries. And also when Norway announced that they would shut down its borders to stop the spread of the virus. In response to that, and more cases being confirmed in Iceland, the government announced a ban on gatherings of more than 100 people on Friday, March 13th. All colleges and high schools, which are kind of more like junior colleges in Iceland, will be closed, but preschools and primary schools will still be open starting on Monday, March 16th. This is in place for the next four weeks. While the schools are closed, meaning kids can't gather there, they are doing distance learning. Companies of less than 100 people can decide if they are closing, but employees are supposed to keep a two-meter distance from each other. The reason why preschools and primary schools are still open is that it will be difficult for emergency workers and others needed to help with the outbreak to find people to watch their children. It's a bit of a hard situation, and I've heard arguments for and against it. Some feel that Iceland should stop people from coming into the country. However, that has not happened as of yet, but it still might. In February, Iceland Air had already made announcements about reducing flights because of how the virus is spreading in Europe. But the travel bans in the United States hit them hard. Like I said before, the U.S. is the largest market for the airline. Even though at the time of the announcement, U.S. citizens could still travel to Iceland, many were canceling their flights. Like many airlines around the world, Iceland Air stock fell by 22% after the travel ban was announced. To my surprise, Iceland Air still plans to go ahead with scheduled flights to New York, Chicago, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. over the next 30 days of the ban. As in the U.S., people in Iceland started to get more antsy and went to stores to buy toilet paper and other goods. I had to laugh at the fact that news outlets had to put out articles telling people not to hoard and that the sale of canned food had gone up a tremendous amount in some stores. I wasn't laughing because it was funny. But it was more like, oh, crap. And this is making people act a little irrational. Last weekend, I did go to the store in my neighborhood, but it wasn't crowded and there was plenty of food on the shelves. I purposefully stayed away from Costco because it can be quite busy on a regular weekend. So I wanted to avoid any madness. I even ended up seeing pictures on Facebook in one of the groups I'm in of someone who was buying a ridiculous amount of toilet paper and paper towels. The ban on gatherings was further clarified, and it was announced that in-person conferences, large meetings, going to cinema, the theater, and so on, are banned. Restaurants, which are still open, must arrange their seating to have two meters between tables. Families can sit together, but those in different parties must be far enough apart. The restaurants and tourism companies must have hand sanitizer available for guests to use as well. The fascinating and a bit scary part is that as of March 15th, at least the last I've heard of it, only Icelandic residents traveling from countries with major outbreaks like Germany, Spain, France, and so on need to enter quarantine when they arrive in Iceland. Tourists from those same countries do not need to be in quarantine, but they're asked to respect social distancing. That last part is a bit worrying to me, mainly because I feel like you just never know, especially if they're coming from high-risk countries, if those individuals have the virus and are spreading it because they just aren't having any symptoms. But such is life at the moment. I also want to mention that in an effort to help with screening people for the virus, 
On March 9th, the CEO of Decode Genetics, Kauri Stefansson, who I interviewed in episode 50 of this podcast, offered to help the National Hospital with screening people for the virus. He is quoted as saying, quote, We want to help Lanspitali National University Hospital, which has limited capacity. We have the equipment, a lab equipped for work with viruses and people who are experts at this. What we want to do, in addition to what Lanspitali has been doing, is to do a sequence analysis of the virus in those who turn out positive. The idea behind that is to find out how the virus is mutating, end quote. This was welcomed by everyone except the Data Protection Authority and the Ethical Review Committee because they felt that the action might require a permit as a scientific study. However, that issue was resolved and now Decode has started to help screen people. Foss Hotel in the downtown area has been turned into a quarantine for visitors and Icelanders who need a place to stay while under quarantine. And when that announcement was made, there was no one actually in quarantine. And I haven't heard an update if it's actually being used, but at least it is there. Lastly, an awesome website was recently launched in Iceland to keep people informed about the virus. Data like the number of confirmed infections, the number of those in quarantine, how many people have been scanned for the virus, and so much more is on the site. Of course, there's also a lot of information about how to protect yourself and the groups most at risk and so on. The text is available in Icelandic and English. The Director of Health and the Department of Civil Protection and Emergency Management are responsible for this website. I have a screenshot of the data on that website in the show notes of this episode on my website from Forum to Familiar if you want to check out the nice visuals. And of course, with all the information I've been sharing, there are a lot of links in the show notes to articles where I found the information that I'm sharing. So that's kind of the overview of when the coronavirus started in Iceland, how the government has been preparing, a little about how it's affecting the economy and how people are feeling, which in similar places, in Europe, in the U.S., in China, people are having different mixed emotions. There are many people who are trying their best to deal with either being in quarantine or having just to stay in their house in order to aid in stopping the spread of the virus, which can be quite difficult. So we're all definitely in this together. And hopefully we can find different ways to support each other, use the downtime for, for something productive, whether it's self-care, working on a project, watching your favorite TV show, listening to your favorite podcast, whatever. I just hope that everyone stays safe, and I wish the best for you and your family. Now I'm going to go into the random fact of the episode, which is that on March 15th, it was published in Visir, an Icelandic newspaper, that after the results of the voluntary screening by Decode Genetics, that about 1% of all Icelanders have the coronavirus. That is relatively good news, but we will get a better picture as more screenings are done. This, of course, is preliminary, but it could possibly be a good sign of the virus not spreading too much in the country. (laughs) But like I said, I'm still a little bit worried about the fact that travelers could be spreading it and no one is aware of that. The Icelandic word of the episode, which is actually going to be a phrase that is being used on the website that I mentioned earlier, that's being managed by the Director of Health and the Department of Civil Protection and Emergency Management organizations, is Bros. Er betra en quos og knus. Bros er betra en quos og knus. That literally breaks down to a smile is better than a kiss or a hug. And of course, <laughs> they're just encouraging people to smile at each other rather than kiss and hug when you see them. When things go back to some <laughs> normalcy, hopefully we all can hug, kiss, and just enjoy being closer to each other like we were in the past. 
I hope you found this episode helpful when it comes to understanding how the coronavirus is affecting Iceland. To stay up to date with what I'm posting, which of course includes all the amazing, fascinating things about this country, you can subscribe to my newsletter via the link in the show notes. As always, I'm appreciative of you listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And feel free to leave a comment on From Foreign to Familiar in the comment section of this episode. I'm always interested to read those and to interact with people there. Takatir kailegar fyrir at klusta og sjámst fljótlega.